Uh, please open your Bibles to Psalm 121. Psalm 121. Uh, I'm going to read from the NIV because it's my only large print Bible. <laughs> Psalm 121. I will lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The, the sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Let me pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We ask now that by your spirit, you would teach us, you would keep us in the truth of your word. And we also pray that by your spirit, your word may move swiftly from our heads into our hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this is a shameless grab for sympathy. But in February, I was in hospital five times. I had three surgeries in three different hospitals. Only the first was planned and routine. I'm fine now. But the point is, before surgery, at each of the different hospitals, they have a preparation room or a pre-op room. And these rooms are cold. They are ominously sterile. They are unfamiliar. They are unwelcoming. And this kind of, because it's so cold, this shivery nervousness comes over you. So at each of the hospitals, they get a heated blanket and they bring it over to you and they wrap, you, they wrap it around you tightly. This psalm is like being enveloped in a warm blanket to bring you comfort uh, and uh, because, well, quite frankly, sometimes you just need a hug, don't you? Because for all of us, there are times where life has or will hurt or haunt us, where it, crush, where it can crush or cut us or bring fears or tears or burden or break us or when life is just hard. Where do you look for help? Verse 1, I will lift my eyes to the mountains where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Now this psalm is tucked in amongst the swelling crescendo of praise that is book five of the psalms. And though sung with a backdrop of the return from exile, it is as much for us as it was for them. For it speaks of the character of God and how he acts towards his people. You'll see there it is a song of ascents. So I take it that the mountains uh, that he refers to are that of Jerusalem, to which he casts his eyes for help. And he does so because, as it says there, his help comes from the Lord, who is it, whose address earthly address anyway, is found there. So why does he turn to Yahweh? Verse 2. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He must have got that from the Apostles' Creed. 
He is the creator. And if you're going to seek help, you may as well go for the biggest and the best, right? If I need help carrying a fridge, I'm not going to ask someone tiny or small like my wife, Isabel. Most of you know her or... I don't know, maybe Susan Ahn or Dan Wu. I'm not going to ask them. (laughs) No, I'm going to ask someone big and strong like Simon Gillam or Chase Coon or someone like that. (laughs) For the psalmist... When it comes to major things, he turns to the mightiest for help. The idea here is your problems, hardships, whatever might be big, but God is even bigger, maker of heaven and earth. Just look at creation. Have you seen how big a mountain is lately? Its majesty, its magnitude. God did that. Have you seen how vast the sky and the sun and the stars are lately? God made that. And it wasn't like it was even an effort for God. He just kind of nudges mountains in place. He sprinkles the stars into position. In fact, he just spoke. And there was everything. That's the God his help comes from, you see. It's giving perspective about the ability of the God who is there and may be called on in the midst of need. Now, what exactly does God do? Verse 3. He will not let your foot slip, or literally, he will not let your foot be moved. That's the poetic way of saying He will not let you fall over because that's what happens when you slip or your foot moves from its sure footing. And of course, here it is spiritually rather than physically. The helping, able, creator God will not let your faith fall. How do we know? He won't let this happen. Again, verse 3. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Well, firstly, you will not fall because the Lord never sleeps. He's always looking out for you. He is always on guard. And in contrast to the the sleepy deities of the ancient Near East, Yahweh does not need to nap. He is God. He is always on duty. And what is he doing on duty? Verse 3, he watches over you. Verse 4, he watches over. Verse 5, he watches Verse 7 and 8, he will keep you. He he will watch over you. He will watch over. Now, the Hebrew word for all those verbs is the same. He keeps. Six times he keeps. Same word. 
He keeps, he keeps, he keeps, he keeps, he keeps, he keeps. So the God who is big and also constant and vigilant and unwavering, he keeps you. So you won't fall while he's napping or sleep or slip while he is sleeping. And what does it mean that he keeps you or watches over you? Verse 5. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. What does that mean? Well, what does shade do? uh, Shade shelters you from the harmful effects of the sun. It is a poetic picture of protection. And at your right hand, the idea is that God is doing this by your side and for you because that is the point of a right-hand man or a right-hand woman. They are at your side and for you. So the maker of heaven and earth is at your side for you to protect you. And not only that... He does it all the time. He is there all the time. Verse 6. Look at verse 6 with me, please. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. Now, of course, we all know that the moon is not going to burn you. There is no such thing as moon burn that I'm aware of. But the idea is that God provides protection day and night. In other words, all the time. He does not clock off. And what does he protect you from? Verse 7. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. Now, the word for harm is literally evil. I mean, Some of the translations say that. Evil. He will keep you from all evil, is the translation. He will keep your life. What is being conveyed here is that God keeps us from the fatal spiritual harm that evil can propel you towards. Now, there is no denying that evil in its deception and corruption and manipulation and seduction will be encountered. But Yahweh will keep you. He will keep your life. So what God is really protecting from is losing trust in him. Losing faith, losing hope in him in the face of evil and its human and heart consequences. And there is often a danger, isn't there, when the impacts of evil are that we are struggling or vulnerable in some way or when we sit in our darkness, or when busted or broken, or helpless, 
or even hopeless, confused, angry, just deep pain. Ever been to one of those places? Do you know what this psalm is saying? God keeps your life. He is at your right hand. He will not let your foot be moved. He keeps you. And all the time. Would you look at verse 8 with me? Verse 8. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Your coming and going is poetry for all the time. I mean, you're always coming or going, are you not? Uh, you enter a day, you exit a day. You enter a week, you exit a week. You enter college, you exit college. You enter a job, you exit a job. You enter joy, you exit joy. You enter hardship, you exit hardship and so forth. We're always coming or going in some way. And the idea here is that in your coming and your going and everything in between, he watches over you. He keeps you. And he does that all the time. But that's not all. Not only does he do that always, he does it always, always. Verse 8, both now, always, and forever. Always. 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 In this psalm, not only is it emphatic that God keeps you, the alwaysness of him doing so also equally resounds. Coming and going, you see it, coming and going, day and night, now and forever, are pairs of kind of opposing extremes expressing the totality of everything in between. He keeps you always and always and everything in between. And don't forget, he never sleeps. Are you beginning to feel the warmth? That is God. Now, how? How? I reckon the return from exile <laughs> must have been a massive anticlimax. Uh, I, I reckon it was even less than an anticlimax. It was like a, I don't know, a sub-sub anticlimax. Where and how can he or does he keep and always? Well... He's the maker of heaven and earth for a start. And if God is for us, 
Who can be against us? Romans 8, 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. The tension this psalm leaves us with in regards to how and when, you know, is resolved in Jesus. No surprises there. God, does he not, keeps us in Jesus. If God would not even spare his own son for us in order to bring us, verse 32 33, Why would he not keep us through the interceding ministry of his risen son, verse 34? And if he brings us and keeps us in Jesus, who can take us away from him? Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword answer? Verse 37, knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord In other words, if God's got you in Jesus and through Jesus, if God, you know, the one who never sleeps has got you, what can evil do to separate you from him? If God, by gosh, whose hand made the heavens and earth, if he has got you, who can take you away? And understand, this is not about you hanging on to God for dear life. No, this is about God hanging on to you. He keeps 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 you. you. And in and through and because of Jesus So nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's awesome, is it not? You know, every truth about God requires a response. I'll give you just two today. The first one is not for you. It is for others. Use this psalm in your pastoral ministry. 
use it a lot, there'll be lots of opportunity. This is for your toolkit. It's my gift to you. I hope you were taking notes. The second one is for you. Please listen. If he keeps you, you go to him. You trust him. Do you hear? And if he keeps you always, you always go to him. You always trust him. Do you hear? He does not promise to reveal all answers or remove all hardship. But his mighty presence is there. Always. My uh, Uncle Errol was a huge man, especially to a weedy little Chinese kid. And I remember when we would go over to my grandmother's and he would sit on that end of the sofa, same spot every time, and he'd sit there like a granite statue. And we'd play this game where he would take a one-cent coin. It's a while ago. He would take a one-cent coin and he'd put it in the palm of his hand and he'd wrap his fingers around it. He had the fist the size of a watermelon and he'd lock that one-cent coin in like a bank vault and he would say to us, to my two brothers and I, if you can get it, you can keep it. And it sounds stupid, but I am Chinese. And one cent is your first cent towards a million dollars. So we would be there and we'd be climbing all over him and we'd try to prise it open with our fingers or our feet. We'd get sticks and implements and try to get it open. And no matter what we did, we couldn't get it out. Brothers and sisters, God's got you. He has wrapped you tightly in the nail-pierced hands of his son. He keeps you always. We pray with me. Lord and Heavenly Father,
we thank you that you have not left us alone. We thank you that you have given us your son, Jesus, who has not only died and risen to bring us to you, but in and through him, you keep us. We are so deeply grateful. Enable us by your spirit to keep trusting in him. 